Hi, everyone. I'm Nate. And I'm Shelby. And welcome to Almost Heretical, the show for those questioning, deconstructing, or changing in their relationship to God, church, and the Bible. When we started questioning our faith, we felt alone and unequipped to handle the barrage of questions and verses that were being lobbed at us, both by Christian friends and often by our own minds. But when we began to examine the Bible from an academic perspective, we discovered that we weren't crazy and we might actually be onto something really beautiful. And we're here to help you navigate your own deconstruction, connect with others on this journey through our Facebook group and Zoom calls, and find a way forward built on a foundation of honesty and authenticity. We're so glad you're on this journey with us. Who are you? There's some days I think I know, and other days I don't. So I'll continue the necessary sifting to find what I've been missing. This is part three of the worship series, so welcome in. Another interview today, this one is a really fun interview we got to do with our friend Sam Hedrick, who is the worship leader at Cascade Church here in Portland, Oregon, and is recording worship songs um, and writing worship songs for people in this deconstructed, you know, faith evolution, changing what they believe, changing what they think space. And so it's really exciting. In fact, the intro music that you hear at the beginning of the show and the the song at the end of the show, that's all Sam's stuff. Um, and Sam's going to play some stuff for us today on this interview. And so really excited to get to invite you in on this. Yeah, Sam has just a really valuable perspective um, as someone who's not just looking back and you know criticizing the worship of our past, but who's writing songs for where we are now and and just the intentionality that he does that with um, made us feel incredibly comfortable and welcomed at the the church when we first started it, um, going there. And I didn't expect to feel that at all in a worship context, and I kind of didn't expect to connect. And so I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear about some of his songs more in depth and the lyrics that have come to mean a lot to me. And this conversation spilled over. So this was a really really fun conversation. And then towards the end, we turned the recording off and we stopped, but we actually kept going. Uh, We talked for another 20, 30 minutes. And that episode, that extra episode is going to be one of our utterly heretical episodes that we're going to give to patrons of this show. Um, So you can go to almostheretical.com and click one of the banners around there to become a patron and get that episode. Um, It's also available on iTunes as well if you subscribe on there. And I want to thank all of those of you who have become a patron just over the last week here. Lisa, Amanda, Cassidy, Cody, Loretta, Jonathan, Victoria, Jeremy, Starla, Nicole, Mackenzie, Kim, and others. Thank you so much for your contribution to help keep this show going. And so other people can um, can hear this as well and be helped as well. So thank you so much. Encourage you to check out all of Sam's links in the show notes. Go listen to these songs and get in touch with Sam if you want to as well. All right, here's our chat with Sam Hedrick. Well, Sam, I'm so glad we're having you on the show finally. And uh, if, if you don't know, listener out there, the, the songs you've been hearing at the beginning and the end of this, uh, it's the same song, but that, that song you've been hearing is, is Sam's music. And Sam's the worship leader at the church we've been going to here in Portland. And we just felt like we have to have Sam on because this 
the the music that that you're creating is unlike really anything that I've seen out there. And I'm in these like Reddit groups for kind of progressive Christianity and deconstruction and all this stuff. And this is like one of the most common questions I see out there is, you know, I don't feel like I can sing some of the songs that I've been singing in the past, but I still want to sing. Like, what do I do? And so the music that you're creating is just, it's wonderful. And we'll probably have you play some later on the episode. So stick around. But, but yeah, I guess I just want to thank you for doing that. And, um, and then, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you saying that. Um, wor- worship feels, in a lot of ways, kind of like the last pillar of deconstruction that, for some reason, hasn't just like fully crumbled. And it's been one of the most like fulfilling times of my life to feel like my creative energy is kind of meeting this moment in a place as special as Cascade to be writing songs that people seem to be really enjoying and yeah so I'm excited to be here and talk about them and uh yeah and I think that one of the reasons that I mean just you said is kind of you know this last pillar of deconstruction and I think we've and we probably kind of touched on that in some of these other episodes too but just it's such an emotional like engagement of worship is it's and so I think because so much of deconstruction is just kind of piecing apart you know, what we believe and like this logical progression of, okay, I don't, I'm going to take that out. I'm going to take that out. And so I think worship just doesn't fit in that same process for a lot of people, which makes it both Mm. really meaningful and also really vulnerable. So, so I, yeah, I mean, I think Nate and I really haven't engaged in any kind of worship for years until we started going to this church and you were leading and, and I'd say that you really were the inspiration behind this series because it just made us realize that worship can go a different direction like it does not doesn't have to just be you know wow hits 2004 stuff it can (laughs) like there's there can be things that are nuanced and you know that don't gender god and things that you know acknowledge uncertainty and still and are still meaningful so yeah really excited to talk about it all yeah one of the things that kind of constantly reverberates in my head as i think about this and as i write and have conversations with folks is everything that feels old to Mm. us now was once new and was was felt and shared and became the like standards that we you know acknowledge as such today and so why can't we create that for now that feels new now but will feel like foundational and standard uh you know in the decades to come so especially considering any any song that we're singing (laughs) now is in english which means it obviously hasn't been around for like centuries well it's been centuries maybe but like at best centuries probably just decades i I love that idea of like get get used to changing stuff right Mm -hmm. like that's what we need to do is is i think i think hopefully this like deconstruction movement that's been going on for i don't know what five ten years now like Hopefully what this is doing is, and I don't want, so basically like I, I get afraid that some, like in 30 years, am I going to be the guy that's like, hey, no, like we need to get Young back people to are going were, off the rails. You know, 20 years ago. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be that guy. And how do you yeah. do that? I think it's, I think it's, you get used to changing things and, mm. and holding things with an open hand to where I expect that the next generation, you know, my kids or whatever, that they're going to come along and be like, you know, thanks dad. Like, thanks for moving things forward. And also we're going to, we're going to take it from here and we're going to change, we're going to change some stuff. And I, and like be comfortable with that and be open to that. Anyways, that's going like a whole different direction. But that was what I thought of when you were talking about, you know, the things that used to feel 
when I feel old now, you know, used to feel new. And they were, you know, some of those things maybe were like revolutionary, right, in their time. And they, we needed those things. It's like, it's like be respectful of, mm. of the past. And let's also <laughs> move things forward and make things better. And then like allow At some that to point. keep happening or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just keep learning and growing from, I mean, the, I feel like, you know, and y'all are more the historians than I am, but I just think about the history of the church. Like there has always been these like revolutionary, like these revolutionary moments where, where someone or some movement has come along and then everything has flipped on its head and then the church will split in a million different directions. And we're absolutely existing in one of those moments, I feel like in, in creating this, um, this idea of what we, to get closer and closer to what, we feel more aligned uh, just in terms of like how we acknowledge humanity through these lenses that we're using in this context, like Christianity. And so uh, it feels very, it feels very like electric to be a part of like these moments and like this particular conversation. And then just knowing that there are conversations like this happening all the time and that we're living in one of those moments in church history where people will look back and go, Oh yeah, that's when, you know, this period of time. Reformation when, round two, I'd like know, to think. Things. <laughs> yeah. I have a, yeah, I have a question. I, I want to know why, why did you not just go? Cause I think this was more my direction was like, I think I'm just done with like the worship music for, I mean, for a while, but also like, you know, I used to write stuff. I used to like, but why did you go? I'm going to re-engage, you know, like I'm going to actually write stuff for this new, my new way forward here. And for this, that, you know, for the, the people that are going through deconstruction or are changing what, what they believe, like, why was it not just like, eh, I'm out, like, I'll maybe go to church, I don't know, but like, why did you choose to re, that's a pretty, it's a pretty, like, deep way to re-engage, Lead. right? And like, I feel like that's, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's a lot to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so why, yeah, why'd you go that way and not just, like, I'm gonna kind of step out here for a while? Well, I think, I think I kind of did both. Um, yeah. So, I left the church, kind of my initial exodus was in 2016, and uh, did not... That was a big year? Kind of a lot of things happening, (laughs) if we uh, remember, yeah. Um, And and personally, in my life, there was a lot of things happening. I know we'll probably get into this a lot more, but I came out mm. as trans that year and mm. um, yeah. went through a very just tumultuous season of learning about myself kind of for the first time in a lot of ways and realizing and kind of being met with the reality that that version mm. of myself was not welcome in the spaces that I had grown up in and I was 25 when that happened so I had lived and existed and built like all of these identities in in church life and in in family life Mm -hmm. I was raised Southern Baptist in uh, Oklahoma City and so very like very deep deep roots in in those spaces and then at the age of 25 um, realizing that that was all very um conditional uh, temporary in a lot of ways based on, mm, on yeah. I- exactly and so so that was kind of my first my first exodus and um it was it was devastating in in one of the ways that I feel like I can describe it is like leading worship and being engaged in worship was the thing that I felt like I was the best at 
like I can do other things. I can, you know, I've worked in sales. I've, I've worked a lot of different jobs and, and career paths. But for me growing up, I started leading worship when I was like 13 and then all through college and up until, up until 25. And it just felt like the thing that I was <laughs> mm. created for. Like, uh, I, I don't know how else yeah. to say that. And so I think it was one of the reasons that I stayed in the closet for so long because there was this, there was this awareness that like, if I was honest with myself about who I am, that I was going to lose this thing that was mm. the thing that I was the best at, the thing that I had built so much of my identity and like confidence inside of. And what's interesting is I wasn't writing songs then. I tried and I would write a song every you know year or so and kind of push it to the places that I was leading at hmm. and it, nothing ever really caught. And I just kind of felt like, well, I'm just not a very good writer. So I'll just keep, you know, huh. leading other people's things. And it's, yeah. So it has some interesting stories from, from that time. But, uh, but 2016, all of that kind of got flipped on its head when I came out and uh, started pursuing um, medical transition. And then uh, my wife and I got married in 2019 and then she started a PhD program, which, got us up here to Portland, um, which has mm. pretty radically changed my life uh, in so many ways because we eventually started having conversations about re-engaging in faith spaces because her her PhD program is mm. at George Fox University. So f- faith integration in her studies was, was like a pillar. And so she was wanting to re-engage. I was wanting to partner with her but then also kind of figure out where I fit in and what I was wanting from those spaces I knew that I missed being in the space but I didn't know what was out there that would include me and include us and like honor us and our relationship and and um like so many people you meet a person you meet a person you wind (laughs) up at cascade (laughs) and uh, and that's kind of how it happened and then when uh the pandemic happened I I saw this like glimmer of not through the pandemic. The pandemic was like, there was that period where we were all at home, obviously. And the pandemic really forced me to like, look at myself and acknowledge that, that this aspect of my life might not be over, that there's this, like, there's something, something bubbling here that I want to be a part of. So Mm. that's kind of when I started writing was, was was kind of early in the pandemic and fleshing out a couple of songs and then when we started meeting back in person uh, at the beginning of 2022 was when Kurt approached me and just asked about my my interest level uh, uh, at you know at Cascade how interested I wanted I, I was in a position of uh, really just coordinating worship getting back to a place where there was like regular rotations of people and I think it just gave the opportunity through conversations with him and Sarah that there was some music I was writing. I would love to, sh- to share it. And the rest is, is kind of what you're seeing. So I think it wasn't really a conscious de- decision to, I mean, obviously there was, there was consciousness around it, but I didn't think there was a place to return to, you know, to, to get back to your question, Nate, like I didn't know that it existed until until really cascade and then seeing kind of this like kind of emptiness just like this lull in how worship was aligning with spaces like cascade feeling like the timing was right and that the songs were right to start sharing them with people and um, fortunately they've been enjoying them so it's been uh it's been wild Mm -hmm. 
Hey, Brian, do you know anyone that was once a teenage fundamentalist? Oh, Troy, you know that I was because you and I have a podcast called I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist. I did know that. But you know what I find myself asking these days? No, I don't, but I think you're going to tell me. What about all those things that church gave us definite answers for? What are we supposed to think about all those things now? Well, funnily enough, that's what we're doing for season five of I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist. Ooh, Brian, I sense the Lord at work here. Mm, He works in mysterious ways. And we are going to unpack these things. We're going to find out what we do think about them now. So tune in to Season 5 of I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist, the official podcast for the Azusa Street Revival. (laughs) Um, I'm not quite sure that's true, but it is available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm curious, what are some of the, like, when you go at, I mean, you obviously lead a lot of songs that you've written, but a lot of people around the country, around the world, who are, you know, maybe trying to figure out how to lead worship in a a evolving faith context, you know, they may not have the same songwriting abilities, like, and what do you, what's your process for looking at songs that have already been written and deciding, is this something that I want to lead other people in or is this something that no longer is you know valuable or helpful like how do you what are some of your criteria or process for that i love this question i think about the people at cascade like when when i'm doing research which is often like i used to just be on spotify for my own fun and you know finding music that I wanted to listen to but now I'm doing these like very intense and critical deep dives in who is who is writing who is leading worship in you know churches around the country they may or may not be well known have they released anything do they have a YouTube page like I'm doing all these deep dives trying to find like anything that feels aligned to the space at Cascade and when I find something that that sounds interesting I mean in a lot of ways I literally put myself in this place where I'm imagining you know, myself and and the band that day being on stage singing this song back to Cascade and imagining, you know, y'all's faces, all of our other friends that are there, like, how are they going to respond to this song? What lyrics are popping out at me as either sparking like some deep curiosity and thought or, oh, that kind of hit me in a strange way. I need to think about that a little bit more. So there's just a lot of curiosity that goes into the research aspect, I think there are some base level like no-nos that I'm always on the hunt for. So I think the best way to summarize it is anything sin, shame, Mm. uh, like self-deprecating. I I stay like, those are like pretty big no-nos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, oftentimes based on conversation with um with Kurt and Sarah and who are the leaders kind at of the general <laughs> yes yeah yeah co-pastors at Cascade um we all kind of mutually agreed that it just feels very inauthentic to propel music that is also written by people that would oppress me and would oppress my wife and would oppress anybody in that space. And so it's kind of a blanket rule that we're not going to play music by organizations Mm. that are actively working against our existence. So I'm not going to play Bethel, I'm not going to play Hillsong. There's a lot of music that probably could 
find a place in the like curiosity like the lyrics uh, are okay zone for worship at cascade exactly yeah they might not be like explicitly full of toxic theology and they might be inviting more curiosity but the people who popularize those songs are not Mm -hmm. people that i want to be associated with and so so i have people sometimes ask about you know this song or this song and i kind of have to have that conversation like hey i that song is really great sometimes i do listen to that song or i listen to like a cover of that song on on youtube not by that person and it reminds me of a time where where that felt very good but I can't help but to think about this person that wrote it and popularized it and how they they don't value my me and my existence and that feels incongruent with with what I would like to create in the space so so there's a lot that goes into kind of the research aspect which unfortunately takes this very wide net and you know this very very big genre if you will of worship music and kind of dwindles it down I mean, into like i mean yeah i was gonna say like are there can you <laughs> of think of any there? songs that you think you know an average uh, listener would probably know or have grown up with that are that do kind of still work or fit the the criteria like i mean as i know we don't sing a lot of, i oh think there was a, a week a couple months ago where i actually don't remember if it was you leading or someone else but we sang like a hymn or two and we were like, this is, this is different. We haven't done this in a while. And honestly, I'm not sure how it's sitting because some of this, yeah, I think, I think it, it was, was a guest leader. Um, yeah. I think it was a guest. But it, uh, what yeah. th- it was uh, How Deep yeah. the Father's Love, I think, or something like that. And I was like, ah. Yes. Yeah. Believe so. Yeah. There are moments where if there's, there, there's, um, uh, schedule conflict and I can't be at church, we'll have some folks come in and which I think it offers up some some diversity for the people at Cascade. Like I also recognize that like not every single person at Cascade might be triggered mm-hmm. or wounded by the same things that have wounded me. And so I don't want to there's this concept I like to uh I don't know if I like to consider how gatekeeping in this space can actually be healing and helpful and then what things am I gatekeeping that are just like my own personal Mm. connection to this like concept and so in this space of worship what feels like protection or like healing for or, or like pastoral care from me to the congregation and then what is me maybe letting my ego get in the way of something so like personally I don't have anything in the set right now that is would have been a popular worship song. I th- w- I keep about a f- 12 to 14 song like rotation in our Cascade set list. And, and I don't have anything right now that was popularized. Uh, well, I guess I have one simple gospel by Will Regan, uh, United Pursuit mm-hmm. Band, which yeah. was a 20, I think he wrote that in 2015 or something like that. So that's probably the oldest song that we have in rotation. But even simple gospel w- was not a, a incredibly popular song back in the day people people definitely know it but um (laughs) a throwback to 2015 (laughs) so (laughs) long ago (laughs) yeah no and it's interesting too because i mean similar you know our the church that we all go to and then also this audience is you know all over the place right so i mean like and i i just have a lot of compassion for you in trying to decide these songs sometimes because 
it's similar to, you know, topics we'll cover on this show. It's, you know, we cover it. If we cover it this way, we're, you know, a little too liberal on it. Then we get emails from the, and we're a little too conservative on it. Then we get emails from these people. So it's just like, it's tough. We have people on this that listen to the show that are, you know, they're kind of, they're, they're already, they're, they've left Christianity altogether and they listen to kind of understand their past a bit better, right? And we have people that are, you know, still married to people. They're on the mission field, right? And they're married mm-hmm. to like a missionary and they're, they're like, I don't know, like, I just don't believe some of this stuff anymore. And, and I, but I'm, st- this is my life and I'm locked in and I'm committed. So I don't know what to do. You know, so we have, that's the whole spectrum of <laughs> deconstructed people. And um, yeah, so I just, I resonate with that with trying to figure out, I mean, there's literally no song you could lead, I think, this is probably true, (laughs) where someone isn't going to feel like that doesn't, that doesn't at least, that doesn't describe my experience, Mm -hmm. right? Like you've talked about God like a, like a person and that's not how I view God anymore, right? Yes. God's a force. God's this energy behind everything, right? God's the universe. And now we're talking about God, like I can have a personal relationship with God and that's not how I view it anymore. Or someone's going to be like, you know, like the other yeah, end of that, right? Yeah, you're saying about so like, God as this yeah, force, just, and it's more of a just, personal... How do you think yeah. about that? I mean, worship was... And I think we probably touched exactly. on this in the first episode in the series, but worship was very divisive in a lot of churches, even just, you know, in the evangelical fundamentalist days. I mean, our church essentially split over worship, the worship leader, over the, just the different styles. So... <laughs> I remember people writing in to, oh, yeah. when I was leading, and they're like, "The drum." The older people in the church are like, "The drums sound like rockets." I remember that one. That was like, like on one rockets. of the little comment cards. You know? Yeah, the drums sound like rockets. Yeah, we ordered these drums from NASA. But I mean, we had the whole um, like the drums exactly. were completely yeah. covered by this big plastic thing because yeah, I mean the the older people, and then I mean the older people slowly moved from the front to the back because they didn't want to be near the drums. But then yeah, it's just it was it was a mess, and so. Did you have two services? Because that I one of the oh, churches that I yeah. uh, contemporary service. Yeah, yeah, you have your classic, uh, traditional, and then contemporary to uh, yeah, appease yeah, everyone. Um, I remember thinking, like, is this what heaven's <laughs> going to be like? Are there going to be two? <laughs> <laughs> we have the nine and then the ten forty-five. Uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, we can't be together, you know. This is not going to work out. Yeah, uh, that's so funny. So yeah, worship was often very divisive, so, and yet you know now you're in this context with probably a way bigger spectrum of people than we would have been dealing with at you know my the evangelical free church I grew up in. That was you know we were essentially all the same. I mean that was the goal was for us to all be all the same. And now in a in a you know growing evolving faith context we our goal is not to be all the same and so i mean that puts you in a Mm. really difficult position as a worship leader to be trying to lead everyone in the same song and yet let it be an experience that people in completely different walks of life can all connect to so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i have kind of my first like affirmation of this very recently because uh, we released our one of our songs on Spotify is like my first Woo-hoo. Spotify release. And so I was pretty stoked about it. And we just did like a little bit of, you know, social media pushing for it. And Haley, my wife and I both have a lot of friends and connections that are not involved in, you know, church or spiritual um, like spaces really at all. Either they weren't raised in it or they are not currently involved when they had been raised in it. 
And they're reaching out to us being like, this is a song that I feel connected to and I haven't you oh, know, no. been to church in 15 years or I have no interest. I'm completely agnostic or atheist. And like this song makes me feel connected to something. And, you know, that is kind of exactly what I not in like an evangelicalism, like, oh, I'm getting everybody, <laughs> you know, back to Christianity space. But like in whatever way we acknowledge like the divine or or nature or creative sacred like energy and spaces whether you call it god or in whatever way you connect to that thing that is larger than us and um connects us all like does that song allow that to happen or does it exclude people whose whose view of humanity or connection is different than that. And so that's definitely one of the lenses that I'm trying to use in songwriting, which is why sometimes when I write a song that feels more like I'm working on a song right now that I'm like, I don't know if this song is very like, is open enough, not in terms of exclusion, like a toxic lyric, but like, is this song a little too like God centric and not like divine centric. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of lenses that I'm trying to use to consider whenever I write songs because really that would be my hope is that these songs are not just that they work wonderfully for spaces like Cascade and other churches who are learning and growing and want to expand their worship ministries, if you will, but that anyone could grab these songs and find themselves in like some sort of meditative connective space to themselves and to, to the sacred, like <laughs> I almost said <laughs> heavenly realm. I don't know if that is, <laughs> If I was supposed to say that, that, but that's what I wanted to say. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like whatever that thing is that makes you feel like you're Mm. like important and connected to something. That's what I would love Mm. to see these songs do for people. So a lot of different lenses to consider when you're not like barricaded in with really toxic, like fundamentalist um, ideas for writing and as you're talking about that i mean it kind of you know you've partially answered this question that i have wanted to ask you at some point in here which is just the basic like what is worship and how do do you how is that definition this is a question we also asked william matthews on his interview but you know how did you how would you maybe have defined worship um growing up and as you were leading in your 20s and has that changed and yeah how would you as you're approaching it now, like what is, what is the goal that you're trying to accomplish as you lead people in worship? Yeah, I'll start with the, uh, the early life into twenties worship at that point, I think was a mirroring of what I saw given to me. And in a lot of ways, the worship that I was participating in and then eventually was leading for other people was, uh, kind of based in this like shame, Mm desperation narrative that um i would never be good enough without your blood all over me without the yeah yeah uh without all the 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 violent lyrics that we were raised with um Mm. that i would never be worthy and that uh the only way to acknowledge that is to pour myself out and i think at least for me, I started being very like shy in worship experiences like that I was participating in. Like I didn't know how to worship. And then you spend years learning how you want to worship in those spaces, like 
how free I want to move my body if I if I'm just more rigid and that's how I respond or if I'm like more fluid that's how I respond and all of that still I think is based in for me was based in this like deep sense of lowliness and unworthiness that everything I was doing was an attempt to purge the bad that had just happened, you know, throughout that week and that I could restart in this worship moment and reconnect to God. And then I would just do that all again for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, you know. And so I think worship then was just not something that felt very fulfilling because at the end of the day, you kind of always had to come back for another hit, mm-hmm. you know, the week mm-hmm. after the week after week experience to feel like mm. it was working. <laughs> I think like I, I just, and I, and especially growing up as a queer person and growing up, not really understanding that, that side of myself and not having any safe place to talk to people about that, being very aware of how, the spaces I was raised in and the churches that I was raised in felt about uh, mm. queer folks is, I think was another aspect of that, that that underlying connection to worship was always this like begging that I could be changed because I was so terrible. And even though, you know, that was mm. just how I was and how I am. And so the way that I connect to worship now is like so much more broad than that. I think that kind of worship was always this just like, me looking up to God being like help me please and now my connection is very like what a beautiful thing that we get to like experience this you know broadly you know looking all around me like what this is so incredible and I'm just so honored to be a part of this space and to be connected to these people and whatever this like connective energy is that has brought us into this space. So worship now, and I think I've even struggled just with the term worship because it just has such a, it has such a, even just descriptive title. When we think of worship, we think of literally Mm -hmm. like bowing down in front of some sort of God. And that's just really not my connection Mm. to it anymore. It's more of just like a holding hands, like, looking out onto the beauty that our lives are met with on a daily basis and saying like, wow, what a beautiful thing that we get to experience this together. And so there's a lot of embodiment in some of my lyrics and the ways that I'm trying to connect to that um, for myself. So how, because I think I spent just the majority of my life Mm -hmm. believing that my body was bad, like my physical body and my brain were just bad places to be and that I was, Mm -hmm. you know, cursed and sinful because of how I was. And so a lot of my connection to worship now is uh, Mm -hmm. like a reclaiming or healing of my own relationship Mm -hmm. with my body in this view of like a, a divine creator that if I'm like, there's a song that I have um, that, it kind of explores this concept of like, if you created the stars and the galaxy and you created me, like, am I the lyric is, am I the galaxy? Like, Mm. am I as beautiful as that thing? Like, am I as vast and expansive and like awe inspiring as that thing? And I think the creator would say, yes, if I'm made in the image of that, then I am that. And so (laughs) that's beautiful. So yeah, that's a very long-winded way of of answering your question, but that's kind of where I am. And I think it's long-winded because mm-hmm. it's still evolving. Like it's uh, it's evolving every day. Every song or idea or experience I have in 
spiritual spaces is evolving my that's, understanding. That's interesting. I mean, I'm really glad you brought mm. up that point about um, the word worship. I was actually thinking it right before you started to say it. And that's so why I was like, yes, okay. Because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a linguist and just words are so important. They shape the way we, we think. And, and yeah, the word worship. I mean, I was even thinking, you know, as, as I was saying right before you started to say it, that, you know, a lot of people... People listening, I mean, I don't I don't know that we get a lot of listeners from the more evangelical fundamentalist crowd on this show, but if you've made it this far into the episode, like people into the series, um, <laughs> or even if someone's, yeah, even if someone was off, just yeah. trying to have this conversation with, you know, one of their conservative friends, like I think those people or the people that we maybe used to be in a, in our prior faith would say like what we're talking and doing about here isn't worship. They're like, you're not, you're not coming into this with the goal of, you know, my goal is to praise and glorify God. Like that was the, the, the stated goal for the most part of, and I mean, that is what worship means. Like you were saying, it's to, you know, give, I mean, I'm sure there's a definition we could pull up somewhere. It's to, to, you know, give laud to the one who deserves it kind of it's the king or whatever uh the feeling or expression of reverence, reverence. and adoration for uh, a yeah deity. adoration that was a big word too and yeah i mean i think a lot of us would maybe just say like that's maybe not what we're doing or like not the priority i mean there is an element i guess of adoration but it's not the adoration of you know, you are just the most incredible and I'm the worst. And like, hi, the only thing I could possibly do is just adore you. It's more of this adoration of like, this is amazing. And I can't believe I get to be part of it because it's just beautiful. Mm. And, and so, yeah, it does. I mean, I'm, I'm slowly forming this list of really crucial words that I'm like, maybe we should not use these anymore. Things like, you know, the Bible <laughs> or God. And so it's, uh, I mean, it's probably just not even going to be Christianity by the end of this, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't really know where it's, but, but it just words matter. And yeah, maybe the word worship, you know, we're using it because we all know what it means. It's, mm-hmm. it's the, yeah, it, it's kind of something that is more than, what's the phrase more than the sum of its parts or something like it's Mm. it's a title for a much bigger you know sphere but yeah yeah, i mean if we were to pick a different word to you know okay it's time for you know this morning we're gonna go into our time of like communal singing yeah or or like connection or because we were well we were talking about karaoke (laughs) (laughs) communal singing all right (laughs) it's like sober singing um you know it's because it's it's interesting, and we talked about this, I think it was on the first episode in this series, about how kind of my realization going to or, or seeing concerts happen, mm. right? Like a Coldplay concert or whatever, just insert insert band. Uh, but these big ones, these like stadium tours, right? Where you have like 80, 90, 100,000 people. And you see a lot of the same types of things happen when a bunch of humans get into a space and they're moved by this. There's something about music, right? Mm. Like, and we know this for thousands of years, right? There's something about music. But when you're in a space with like a lot of people together, and there's it's like a bigger than yourself type of moment. It is, yeah, it's powerful, right? But what is that? Like, what is? Obviously, it's different in a church setting um, than that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't necessarily add a word to the conversation there, <laughs> Shelby. But. You added a lot of words, and I liked <laughs> listening to them. I, I. <laughs> I I 100% agree. I think that is just a, a deeply human experience. And I also think about the times when I was in a house show that one of my favorite artists 
you know, I happen to see that they're coming to town. And so I buy a ticket and there's, you know, 23 other people in the room. And we Mm -hmm. have this like deeply moving experience with this, Mm -hmm. this person that we all have this connection to. And so it is the music, like the, the music in so many ways is the like inertia. It's the thing that, that points us to the thing that connects us. It's like the, 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 I don't know the word I'm trying this to say. This is probably the like, word we're trying to come up with. That's, it's exactly the word. Cause it's like, we're not, we're not necessarily worshiping, you know, this person that we've all come into this house or into the stadium to come watch play music. But that person is what connects us all to each other. And the ways that we all have connections to the songs on that album where they were going through that divorce or where they were, you know, whatever the case may be, we have these connections and we look around to these other people that, Oh, like they're having the same experience that I'm having. And that also feels like deeply divine and sacred. And so, so (laughs) the, the music is like the tool Mm. to get to the house where we're all like having this experience of acknowledging each other's humanity, acknowledging this thing that brought us all together. And um, I I think just engaging in like a deep care and profound like love and kindness for each other and for that thing that connected us. And so worship feels like too, it feels the, the, the title of worship just feels too boxy. It feels too like small or something. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it just feels too small to accurately describe that experience. Um, and it's, it's a, it's very unilateral, which I think it kind of gets back to what I was saying of, you know, people I think from that world would be like, it's supposed to be unilateral. And yet that's different. Um, than what we're doing now where, you know, yes, we want to, you know, be sending our, I don't know, vibes to, to the divine, yes, but we're vibes, also seeking vibes. connection from the divine and to each other. And it's not, it's not just about, you know, yeah, we're here to praise you because that's the only thing we can or should do. Yeah. Well, I think for me, for me personally, that's kind of connected to my, like, the way that I think God you know in this context like does god need me to do that all the time to feel good about themselves like i, I don't know not. that i <laughs> yeah like i don't know that i believe that anymore and so like i definitely was raised mm-hmm. in that environment where it's like god is this like this man asking for constant you know <laughs> affirmation but i very rarely hear from him cuz he's busy receiving it all and so uh, so but now that's not my experience at all like i don't believe that I think there's like a divine like confidence that that person has now, whatever this creator sacred like God is that is connecting us all. Like they don't need me to constantly be like telling them how cool and great they are. And they're more interested in me feeling like safe and secure in like my body and in my life and with the people around me. And that feels just much more holistic um, exactly. Yeah. I was trying to, I was, that's the exact word I was trying to find. Like it feels more reciprocal mm. that there's, there's, there is a satisfaction that God gets seeing me enjoy my life and my body and my experiences and be connected to other people yeah. like, in those ways. And I mean, and so, I think we, you know, we don't, as we've hinted at through this episode, like r- relating to God at, on a 
as a like another person is is maybe a little difficult um for a lot of us but but even so the language obviously a father that has been used all throughout the the new testament and then more recently we're you know trying to emphasize the you know that you can use mother as well and that kind of thing but even those like just you know if we use the analogy of god as as a parent what kind of parent would be constantly like what kind of parent would find joy from their child just constantly praising them and that's all their child does like that's so unnatural like no one does that so unnatural. and uh, like any yeah. healthy parent what they want is to see their child thriving even if their child doesn't even look back at them you know if their child's running down the soccer field having a blast makes a goal and hugging their team like the parent doesn't care about the parent their role like they're not like mm. why isn't my kid coming up and telling me like this was all because of you like that's not what they need. Like it's very insecure. Like that yeah. that that kind of relationship to the thing that you are above, that very um like hierarchical lens is is very insecure to me. And yeah, I'm right there with you. Like I just don't believe that whatever divinity, you know, God is gonna be that secure or like insecure. Yeah. yeah. Would you uh would you play something? You've I know you've written so many songs, Absolutely. and we have the one that that we play on here, and, and maybe we'll get to another one later too. But but yeah, I don't know what you feel like is a song you want to share. Um, I know you're in the process of like recording a bunch of stuff, and um, and Sam has one song yes, on Spotify right now called Middle of It, and you should definitely go check it out mm. um, and uh, follow along there. But yeah, I was actually thinking about doing just a quick version of that. Yeah, just absolutely. to kind of introduce people. Cause I think it, this was one of the first songs that, uh, that I wrote that really felt like it really, really like accurately described my like experience and hope. And it kind of sits in a very like meditative frame in terms of like song structure. It's just two stanzas and the like, tool of repetition is meant to kind of allow the lyrics to settle and to sink. I know there's a lot of differing relationships to repetitive mm. uh, <laughs> worship songs for all of us, but I, f I feel like repetition is a can be a tool often misused in like modern <laughs> worship culture, but um, but a tool nonetheless, even a tool in like scripture you mm. see like repetition um, happening often. And so so this was kind of the first song that I felt like opened the door for for this like project that I'm working on to get this album out. So, um, awesome. So yeah. We are leaving crumbling buildings full of dust and full of judgment. We are leaving violent teaching from those who refuse to learn from the best of us. We are leaving Crumbling buildings Full of dust and Full of judgment We are leaving Violent teaching 
from those who refuse to learn from the best of us. We are seeking a holy healing. It's full of hope and it's full of justice. And I, I've got a feeling that we're in the middle of it. And I've got a feeling she'll see us to the end of it. We are seeking a holy healing It's full of hope and it's full of justice And I, I've got a feeling that we're in the middle of it And I've got a feeling she'll see us to the end of it And I've got a feeling she'll see us to the end of it. Mm. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, love it. I think that was the probably the first time, I think, singing that song you know, months back, you know, half a year ago, whatever, when we first started coming, that I had ever sang she. the words she, yeah, for, for God, which was, I remember just feeling like, wow, that... I didn't think that just saying that pronoun for God would do so much to me and like in my, in my brain and in my heart. And, but it really did open up like a, I think just like a, a space that it's not like I had been sitting around thinking of God as a male, uh, you know, for mm. the last, I mean, I've been deconstructing and changing, evolving in my faith for the last you know, seven, eight years now, nine years. But I just hadn't really done that. I knew that God wasn't a, a male in the, the way that we think about that, but I just hadn't opened that up yet. And so I think that was, that was really powerful for me. Yeah. And I just love, I mean, I loved it too. I remember when you first sang, or when I first heard it and it was, it's just, you know, it wasn't, it's not like a big in your face. Like it's not necessarily even the, the point of the song It's but it's just, it's just a, we can talk about God this way. So why not? Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. That, I didn't want to make it the central like focus of the song. I wanted it to be this like very subtle, like, Oh, you didn't see that coming. <laughs> did you? Um, Cause I think really the most like in your face lyrics of the song are really in the beginning. This mm-hmm. like, this like acknowledgement that we're leaving like these crumbling buildings that is just a descriptor for all these places that we've been, yeah. that we've come from. Like, and that that they're full of of judgment and of uh, hypocrisy and harmfulness and violence and and power misused power and toxic theology and like specifically calling out violent teaching mm-hmm. felt very like uh, it felt like a tough lyric to write because I was like oh is this like too far and I'm like no like that's that's what we're talking about we're talking about these like mm. Whether their theology is violent and you're, I like the thing that you think about is like, you know, the death of Jesus, or it's like toxic theology that leads to people like harming themselves and like their, their, the theology is violent. Or the theology of hell. Yes. (laughs) And exactly that. Like this, these concepts of eternal damnation, like it's a very violent 
way to engage with what is supposedly like a very, you know, kind and loving and generous and caring God. And so Mm. having this like very descriptive exodus from that, like we're leaving these places to walk into like a holy healing and whether that's holy W O H L O Y or Mm. holy as in sacred, like that, that we're, we're going to experience by leaving those places, um, like a physical and emotional and spiritual healing from them and move into justice lenses. And then at the very end, you have that she pronoun that just kind of goes, Oh, okay. Wasn't expecting that. Love that. Oh, that hit me kind of weird. I need to think about that. Like exactly what you were saying. I love that people are having that experience with the song because Mm -hmm. it is, um, I've had people ask me like, who exactly are you talking to when you talk about she? And I'm like, (laughs) I guess I thought it was obvious, but I am talking about like God or the creator, you know, whoever that is for you. And so, yeah, I have been loving hearing people's response to that song since we put it out on Spotify and props to Cascade uh, friend Tyler Hader for doing the production on that. It sounds, it sounds awesome. awesome. And and I do like how, like the second, it's for the first verse is, you know what you're leaving and, but the second verse isn't like what we've arrived at. It's like what we're, finding i mean the title of the song is the middle of it and you know i I appreciate that it's not it's not like this victorious and we found the answers and everybody else is losers it's just like now we're all on a journey and i think the journey is actually where we're supposed to be and like that's that's the whole idea yeah i love that visual of just like we're not in that building anymore but we don't really know where it is we're at. And so we're kind of all walking together on Mm. this trail and just kind of collecting people as they find us, you know, us being these movements and we don't know where we're going, but we believe that, you know, or we hope that there is something, you know, at the end of this. But I think it also just opens up curiosity. Like, is there an end to this in a world like such as ours is there a like final resting place or are we kind of like are we always going to be walking and hiking but doing it together and that being like enough and beautiful yeah i don't know Mm. (laughs) who knows that's why we're asking these questions (laughs) yeah questions are like uh, like a foundational Mm. aspect of my writing which kind of ties back to to what we were talking about earlier that i my hope and desires to be able to write songs that like most anyone at any part of their journey, even inside or outside of the journey would be able to take a question and either say, Oh, that question is not a question that I have right now. Or, Oh, that, Oh, I have had that question that leads me down like a path of curiosity. I think it's a different like way of engaging with worship versus this, kind of historical experience we've had where we've often been told how to feel or told what we are feeling Mm, or told how to connect with God or told who God is instead of engaging with like wonder and curiosity and letting people have their own experience, just like having the courage to ask questions that we wouldn't have necessarily been like allowed to ask in the past. um, And then letting people have their own experience. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking the song, probably my favorite song of yours and the one that we've co-opted for the intro of our show now no no thank you for <laughs> collaborating with us on that but oh, you know the, the very first line is who are you you know some days i think i don't i know and other days i don't and then the bridge which isn't actually in you know listeners of the show haven't heard the bridge but i think it's 
I mean, it's mostly questions like, what if it is not your nature to separate your love from me? That, yeah. and just I, I would love to play the uh, just the bridge yeah, section yeah, yeah. If, uh, yeah. if you guys want yeah. to, since we have the kind of the intro on the Oh, play the, the in, song play the, the intro too. Come on, come on. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, you twisted Who are you? There's some days I think I know And other days I don't So I'll continue The necessary sifting To find what I've been missing in life like a whisper while I'm sleeping I hear you like a feeling A holy open invitation That sounds more like truth to me A holy open invitation that sounds more like truth to me And what if it is not your nature to separate your love from me You have never known a stranger So why would you begin with me? What if it is not your nature to stay within a boundary And I might never know the answers But you still feel like home to me A holy open invitation you have always welcomed me a holy open invitation i'm arriving endlessly oh yeah still my favorite uh <laughs> uh, there's just so many lines in there like i just especially right at the end actually the or the end of the course i think the you still feel like home to me line yeah, i remember when i first when you first sang that or when i first heard heard it i just thought this i think captures why so many of these people are here at at yes. cascade or people even people listening to this podcast is they like so many of us have been you know hurt or you know cast out or left places that we 
you know, no longer felt safe or felt like it was true or so many different reasons. But, but we come back because something about it still, yeah, feels like home. Something about it is, um, we don't want to leave. And, and so, yeah, now, now our job is to figure out what is it that, that is still drawing us and is that enough to, to keep going on? Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard, um, I think it was Mike McCarg shared maybe when he was on our show previously, just about how the, it's like a pictures of like a forest where we're all climb different trees in order to access the divine and access God essentially. And, um, yeah. And it's like, this is the, this is for like, for better, or for worse, or like for whatever, <laughs> this is the tree that I was introduced to. Christianity is the tree that I, that I climbed and began climbing. And so like, I can, I can change like what I believe and I can get rid of parts and pieces that like don't, aren't helpful. And I feel like maybe aren't true and whatever, but like, it's still, <laughs> this is still the tree I'm familiar with. And the one that I come back to as far as how I access this and, um, and that's not going to be true for someone else. For someone else, you know, what's home to them is something different, and maybe they have to go through a process as well. But, anyways, yeah, like I, I told that's that's the line too. That's exactly what I was going to share too. Shelby was like, that um, still feels like home. Like, there's something about even just a church space. That, like, I mean, there's a lot of times, even at Cascade, where I'm like, I don't, I don't believe like most of this. <laughs> like, I don't believe a lot of this, right? And like, I I look around, I'm like, I think probably. Others are just more, you know, quote unquote Christian than I am or something. And although when I talk to people, I'm like, well, maybe not, you know, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but it still feels like home. It, this is, I, you know, I can't yeah. change that. I can't change what feels like home. Thank you guys uh, both so much also for just engaging so deeply with, mm-hmm. with some of these lyrics and songs. Cause it, it, uh, it, it just kind of keeps the, keeps the fire going for me to like keep writing, yeah. um, and oh, good. Ha- like not being not being afraid mm. to like ask these questions or say these things because I think that was probably what held me up like way back in the day is like I was so you, you I was so afraid to like say the things I actually felt and now I I don't really have that fear in this writing and it seems to just be the the thing that are is making these mm. conversations so electric so what what I was gonna say is that section of lyrics is probably one of my favorite parts of the song I mean that bridge section not to be like so cliche as a worship leader but like the bridge (laughs) (laughs) oh this bridge nah it's a good bridge but this it's a good bridge um and i'll just tell you i was gonna say i'll just tell you guys this but this is a podcast (laughs) so i'm actually telling everyone uh this song if there was going to be like a oh i'm having a divine moment i wrote this song in 15 minutes and like it pretty much just like fell into Mm my lap and was like almost uh like a spontaneous kind of song like a lot of my writing and and you know if people want to talk to me about this more in detail I, i can talk about that but so much of my writing is very just like grabbing a guitar and looking at my notes app for all the questions that came to me that week mm. and then seeing what ideas kind of like pop and this was an idea that just like that opening line who are you I was like oh this is not a question I've ever heard asked in a worship song and I'm actually absolutely asking this question all the time like what the heck are we doing and who who is uniting all of us and who are you like but that final section in the bridge though you still feel like home to me the line before that is like 
the package and then the home to me is the bow like that line says I might never know the answers like it's this whole song of like questions and then having this like acknowledgement and feeling kind of at peace with that idea that like I'm I'm like never gonna know all the answers to these questions and that being like that being good enough and that actually being more aligned mm-hmm. with probably how we should be having these uh, how we should be engaging with this like being able to like open the floodgates of of I, I know I keep talking about curiosity but it really is kind of about that um in in all of these different aspects of of theology and worship and church and like what the heck are we doing here um and so having that like admission and the admission of like I'm never going to know the answers to this but I cannot describe why I still keep showing up here and it feels like home so like home is a place you keep going to you keep returning to like day after day and yeah so this is I'm I'm very very excited about this song I've I've been so excited just about how Cascade has responded um would love to hear about uh your listeners like experience to it as well and well and i just want to go back to that line one more time because i think the the, like i might never know the answers but you still feel like home to me it's just i think in a lot of previous contexts the the i might never know the answers would be followed up by like this statement of commitment but like but i will never be shaken or but i will you know i will i believe you are good or something like that that always felt a little like I don't know, just not satisfactory to me. But the fact that it just, that it wraps up with like, you still feel like home, it's kind of, it's putting it on the person of like, this is like, do you still, do I still feel this? And like, it gives someone permission, like if this doesn't feel like home to them anymore, like they don't have to be here. Like the mm. the reason that you're coming is because you want to, not because you have to. And yes. and I just, I, I really like that resolution felt healthy and and true yeah. for, I mean, for most of the people who are there, it's true because they're there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've loved this and I hope you write a lot more <laughs> um, just <laughs> selfishly, but also I think this is, this is so needed now and it's going to be so needed in the future as, as more and more people. I mean, as we know, there's hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are, that are kind of, you know, picking up their faith and looking at it and saying like, you know, what parts of this fit, what parts of this don't fit, in what ways was this just cultural and I need to move on past that. And anyways, I think this is going to become a a bigger question for people that want to still engage, for those who this does still feel like home to them and they want to engage with this. It's like, how do I do this aspect of like this singing thing is like, (laughs) you know, singing together with others is like, it's an important piece of this. And how do I do that? And so I think this is going to be you and hopefully many others doing this work of giving these people something to something to sing that feels truer, feels more open, it feels more welcoming, um, and like something that resonates with them. I think this is going to be really important work. So, so thank you for doing that work and for coming oh, on and sharing that with with this audience. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I, as we're wrapping up, I, I wanted to give you the opportunity if. Uh, like what would be something you would want to leave listeners with as far as people who are, um, I mean, so many people I think are not as fortunate as we are to be in this cascade context where we have a really unique church that people, um, most people like just, they don't exist in a lot of places. Although we do have a webpage growing on almostradical.com of places to find um, churches in your area that are, I mean, obviously they're all different, but anyway, check it out. All that to say, <laughs> what, 
Like, what would you leave people with who feel very alone and, you know, you only have one song on Spotify, so they can't just go worship to your music all day long right now. Like, what, who true. don't know where to go with worship, who feel like it's all very triggering. Like, what would you say to them? I think that there is the experience of worship exists far outside of the genre of worship. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of artists that I like have discovered or listened to that give me a similar experience or I have a similar like physical reaction to their lyrics and to their songs and they would never be considered like worship music or in that genre. So I think I can obviously give a million recommendations like, I mean, some of Phoebe Bridger's stuff. Like Silicone Boone is an artist I've recently discovered that uh, has a history of uh, being raised in a an Amish community and, and then left, the, his family left at a certain point. So he kind of writes about deconstruction from a different lens, mm -hmm. but I find it to be very, like, very relevant for my experience. There's a group called Common Hymnal that focuses a lot of their lyrics and music around uh, like racial justice and a lot of meditative ideas and, and music. So there is there is music that exists, but I think also just finding music that makes you feel things and connect to yourself, which ultimately like leads to a connection to the divine and to God. And I hope that these conversations just continue to happen because until we do the work of doing the new things we're going to kind of uh, like keep this like oh my gosh like i can't find anything this this feels so like this feels so lonely and much like in the like theology space people started writing people started having conversations now there's like tons and tons of books and and resources for people who are engaging in deconstruction podcasts like y'all's and i would love to see that happen in the music sphere I'm a, a friends and a part of a group called Q Worship Collective, which is uh, kind of underneath the Q Christian uh, network-like umbrella. And so there's good work happening there. You can find them online. They're doing a lot of focus around like reimagining and reclaiming worship, doing a lot of rewriting for like worship that might be familiar to us, but um, like incorporating new lyrics and new theologies. And I'm happy to um, connect with people, especially if there's any other like musicians and worship leaders that are listening to the podcast that my personal like belief about this project is like it belongs to places like Cascade. It belongs to, you know, these other churches. And I don't want the like progression to be held up by my resources, which are like, you know, it takes time to record an album and it takes time to get that produced and schedule studio time. And um, so I have some like very rough demos that I'm happy to share. I have charts I'm happy to share. So if you want to find me on Instagram, I think it's just Sam Hedrick underscore. I'm happy to send an email with charts and with demos uh, to share, uh, to share the project with people like as it's happening, because I don't want to wait until something has a perfect bow on it to, like mm. um, let people experience it like it's obviously all eventually going to be on on spotify um in that way but there is a couple of demos on soundcloud and then i'm happy to share you know just via email or dropbox to folks who are yeah. who are eager for some stuff so well that's awesome it sounds like you're kind of doing that work to record these things now and get these things on spotify so yeah how does that project going and yeah where do you see that going Yes, it's uh, it's definitely going. I'm working on 
I like I'm working on all of the kind of the the roots, all the stems right now. And my like wonderful dear friend Tyler from Cascade mentioned earlier produced middle of it is is working with me. Right now we've got five songs um, like rocking and rolling. I've got two other cooking in the kitchen, as the kids say. Um, so like we're I'm like I'm like I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm like working on an album, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just like a thing that I always wanted to do and it never felt right. And to tell just a very quick story back when I was in college, I like had this quick detour to like hyper charismatic, like uh, Christian experience, like a very classic freshman in college preyed on by the local charismatic church. They like scoop up all the freshmen and go make them (laughs) radicals uh, for a little bit. I was going to school at the university of Oklahoma in Norman, Oklahoma we went to this conference down in Waco. People can probably start putting pieces together with <laughs> that information. And I'm at the second level of the, um, the like, uh, the, the big like center where we're having this worship moment on the second level. And I, I look down to the center and I see this woman and she makes eye contact with me. I mean, there's hundreds, you know, thousands of people in this room. This random woman is making eye contact with me, looking straight in my eyes. And I'm like, okay. And this is one of those spaces where there's people always speaking in tongues, laughing in the spirit, having these prophetic words and for each other. And I, as I'm making eye contact with her, I watch her crawl up the stadium, like seating over the railing through rows of chairs. And she what? grabs my arms. I'm a freshman in college. So pre-transition, pre-coming out, pre-anything. She grabs my arms and she says, you are going to write songs that like change the world that 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 we know right now and i was like oh my gosh i have been waiting on this word i i've been trying to write so much and i know i want to be a worship leader you know i'm 19 (laughs) and i was so ecstatic and from that moment on i have been trying to write songs that just i mean every single song just (laughs) could not have been like less in like congregations could not have been less interested in (laughs) and so to have then come out and transitioned and and left church and it'd be like you know a decade and some years later to now be like writing songs in this space that people are enjoying it feels like the like the work that my like life has been waiting on and so it's just such a special like moment to be you know in community with y'all and with cascade and have people like as excited as I am. And so it probably felt weird telling that story. It's not to pat myself on the back. It's just like also no, kind of a weird cool. story about, about like, you know, that, that space yeah. that somebody could have had a prophetic word and it would mean something then to like a young, confused, like boyish, chubby girl who was leading worship all around the South but it be the word for me, like, you know, now a 32 year old trans man in Portland, Oregon is just like kind of a wild, yeah. um, yeah. like a wild connection. Wow. And so, yeah, that's a cool story. So working on an album now, hopefully, um, we'll start to see more singles kind of just drop continuously throughout the year, you know, into the summer into early fall. And the last thing I want to say about, about the project is like my like hope and desire is like what people can expect from me is like curiosity kind of always going to be at the forefront um this kind of expansive view of god maybe packed in with a little bit of discomfort might take a minute for some songs to for like you to figure out your relationship to songs 
And um, just like from a technical lens, like my hope is that the songs are playable, singable, that that anybody at any level at any church with any amount of resources could grab a guitar or piano and could play the songs and sing the songs with congregations that can then, you know, participate in them as well. So that the songs would be accessible through a lens of playability and singability and kind of like what we were saying earlier that no matter like where your church community is or where you personally are on your like deconstruction or reconstruction journey that like the songs that they would find some some place for you like on that path no matter where it is and so I'm just so grateful for the platform that y'all that you guys invited me to come have this conversation with y'all and uh, I'm just excited yeah this has been just wonderful as we knew it would be I'm really glad that We've gotten to have you on and excited for the world to get to slowly um, experience your music. And I think it's your your, uh, pioneering, blazing a trail that we need. So thank you. Yeah, and all of Sam's links will be in the show notes, so go check it out. Go listen on repeat. Uh, that's my favorite thing to do. Just click that little repeat <laughs> button, right? And listen yes, everyone way. farm the song on Spotify. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every laptop well, in your house. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Sam. I really appreciate you coming on. Yep. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Hey, holy, open invitation that sounds more like truth